Good morning, everybody. It's Jean Nathan. This is Crosstown Conversations. And, oh, my God, we are just going to have so much fun today because we are going to talk about this city's favorite subject. Number one, numero uno, food. And specifically, we're going to focus on, you know, this part of the city, in the lower part of the city that we have been Uh, really seeing an incredible surge of new restaurants right along with the surge and new population of people who've been coming to town for both the better and in some cases people have their concerns about it. It's gentrification, but it's um, it's also bringing in a lot of really great folks and great creative people and and great chefs. So today we have some of the, my favorites. Okay, so I'm not going to say best or not best. I don't want to insult anybody. So I can't say that. And um, uh, I can't say, you know, that these are the only guys. But these are these just happen to be the ones that um, my husband, Bob Tannen, and I really have, en- have been enjoying. And some of them are brand new, practically. Um, uh, uh, Steve... Um, Jack Rather uh, Murphy um, is the owner of a restaurant called Palador. How long have you been open, Jack? Since uh, the beginning of March. <laughs> yeah, right. So he's the, he's the newbie of the entire group. He's the newest. And uh, with me also is Stephen Pollier, and he has a restaurant called Sugar Park on St. Claude Avenue. And you've been there for a little bit now. Yeah, probably about, I'd say about five or six years now. Um, and then previous to that, we used to be on... Uh, Dauphine Street in France for about five years then. Oh, so you've been you're ten, ten years in. Yeah, but not on St. Claude. We were yeah. yeah a little bit off the beaten path, and then we... You got on the beaten path. Yes, and then got <laughs> on the, the heavily beaten path. Right. And uh, we'll also be having um, folks from Jack Dempsey's, which has been there for 37 years, mm-hmm. um, Elizabeth's. And uh, also Satsuma. So we're gonna, <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of a crowd scene here, guys, because this is what happens sometimes when I get to put my show together late. And, um, you know, I reach out to everybody, and then some come in and some don't, and, and then we have a, 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 a little bit of a circus, and it'll be fun. So let's get started with you guys. Um, first of all, I'm, I've, I've been going, Steve, to your place. Um, my husband's the pizza lover in the family. I, I, not so much. You know, I was raised in the Bronx. I was raised on pizza. You know, that's what I had for lunch a lot in school break but or after school. And it's just not, it's not my absolute most favorite food. Although I have to admit that the other night we were there during Hurricane Patricia because we had to go help out some folks who were staying at our art house, our studio uh, in the uh, Lower Ninth Ward. And... Um, <laughs> My husband is really a piece of work. So he wanted a pizza with French fry, potatoes, and anchovies, two of his favorite things in life. And the the French fries, he loves your French fries and anything with anchovies. So he's, he asked your, your, your chef who was there. I don't know that, whether that was you or someone else. Actually, that was Ross Mugovan at the time. We have since discussed that very same pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it was noted. It was, uh, do you, can you believe what we, somebody ordered tonight? He was like, well, what was it? It was French fries and anchovies on a pizza, which is actually, I can see that. I mean, I can see that as actually just because of the, the potency of anchovies and then the mellowness of French fries. It kind of fleshes out the anchovies. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Of course, he's one of those people who who actually orders the really old-fashioned original poor boy, which was made with French fries. So it's kind of no surprise to me that he would he would do that. Me, I just had a hamburger, which, by the way, is very good hamburger, and um, some mac and cheese. So you you really do, uh, in a sense, specialize in. Pretty straightforward neighborhood food, but why don't you give me a little bit of an idea behind your restaurant and and the kind of food you serve? Um, I would pretty much. I wouldn't say that it it's more more um, bistro esque or diner esque, I guess, than something that you would simply go to for special events. It would be something that is the real meat and potatoes sort of. Uh, inexpensive, but yet as best as we can put together food. Um, we've, I'm working with a really good crew. Some of them have we've been working with since 
Okay, we 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 were open. Um, we we opened originally in 2004, and we're open for about five years, and then we closed for about two years. After that, we found the new location and reopened. And um, when we did, a lot of our old crew quit their old their other jobs and came back to work for us. So we've all been working together um, pretty tightly. Um, one of um, one of our big helps is uh, a chef named Ross Mugovan. Also, there's Richie Perlick. Um, they've been with us forever. Um, in the two years off, however, Ross has gone and cooked in places like Barcelona, uh, Andorra, Toronto, Ireland, and has come back to New Orleans and has come back to us. Wow. Yeah. So you have an international flavor, despite the fact that you're basically profoundly Brooklyn-based. Yeah, I mean, that's that must be my... Um, um, that's that's probably due to my kind of um, uh, I, yeah. Brook, I'm from I'm I'm actually originally from Manhattan, but I lived in Brooklyn for thirteen years. And so. my husband pointed out to me because he's from Brooklyn. He's from Coney Island, actually, oh, right. from Seagate specifically okay. in in Coney Island. Mm-hmm. And um, he said South Park is actually a neighborhood in Brooklyn. Yes, yes, it is. Where yep. is it approximately? Um, I'm going to say it. it I'm not a hundred. It's a very large um, borough in New York. Um, I get it confused with South Slope, which I am going to say that that's South Park because that would be Park Slope, and that would be more um, Senior Bergen. That would be more central, not not central, um, south of where I was. Okay, so you've got Greenpoint, Williamsburg, Red Hook, and then if you go sort of more in interior Brooklyn, you've got North Slope, which is North Park Slope, and then you've got South Slope, which is South Park Slope. So, which I'm assuming is referring to is South Park, which would be South Slope. Um, and that would be... That would, <laughs> okay. I think I saw with, the without that. Draw, I kind of without drawing it, it'd be kind of hard. Yeah, to, no. you know, it, it's a, it is a big borough. There's no question about it. But um, it is a pizza-loving borough. And um, I'm trying to remember that other pizza place up by Coney Island that my family just adores. It's an uh, Italian rigatoni, um, name. Anyway, mm-hmm. it, 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 it is pretty much pizza capital of the world. But, of course, you know, we now have such a high number of uh, former Brooklyn inmates um, (laughs) freed to um, the uh, outside here in New Orleans. So, um, you know, I'm sure that you get a lot of uh, Brooklyn patrons as well as all kinds of other people. Tell me about your customers. I'm really fascinated to hear who is going to your restaurants. I'm going to ask you that, and I'm also going to ask... uh, Jack uh, Murphy, that who has opened this Palador, which is a, now one of my new favorites. The um, our, our customer base is actually relatively, um, it's it's pan. I mean, it's it yeah. goes from from young kids to hipsters to uh, older folks to um, people even even older than me. Um, <laughs> that includes you know, me. <laughs> well, we don't know yet. I mean, you know. Uh, um, I it, promise you. <laughs> well, like I said, that's kind of our, our design is is not to is to be relatively inexpensive. You can go there anytime you want. I mean, it's not. It's, what are your hours? Um, our hours are from four o'clock in the afternoon till ten o'clock on the weekdays and eleven o'clock on the weekends. That's a good late late hours. Good for us. Yeah, just in Folks case. Are, yeah, I think we stumbled in there sometime. You know, it was Saturday night was the night when Hurricane Patricia was really hitting mm-hmm. us hard. And, and I was watching the palm tree outside your window swaying <laughs> as we sat there. And it was I sent pictures, actually, to the family of, of uh, first of all, the French fries and uh, anchovy pizza. <laughs> By the way, it's a cornbread um, dough, right? Uh, no, it's not really a cornbread dough. The, when you What do you call it? Oh, I'm going to call it a – it's really a neo-neapolitan uh, pizza dough that um, – I was when I I've been making pizza since 1986, 1987. I think is about right. And when I was trained to make pizza, um, you could either open on flour, and opening means opening your dough, which is just it's when you pound it out, um, or you can open on cornmeal. I kind of like the oh, cornmeal, I see how it works. so yeah, we just kind right. of it it acts like um, it just rolls out. It, cornmeals are like it's sort of a it's gritty. 
it's gritty, but it's it's easy to open. It's easier to open than on flour. Yeah. And it it is gritty. It's true. As I little, like that grittiness. I mean, it, it makes it um, some people are particular more to it. interesting yeah. uh, than just the plain pizza dough. That's right. one of the Flour. reasons I like it. Yeah. Yeah, and I I, I felt that was a nice twist. And uh, you use fresh tomatoes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that makes yeah. a difference too. Pizza with fresh tomato is supposed to canned sauce. Yes, exactly. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And Not uh, to mention, of course, as I said, the hamburgers and, and uh, uh, mac and cheese and so on. I'm going to come back to you for a recipe, but I want to sure. uh, pull Jack into the conversation. Um, so Jack Murphy opens a restaurant called Palador, and I'm interested to hear the the definition of that word because it's always interesting. Um, and it looks like you actually started out in San Francisco, um, and it looks like Pizzetta 21? So so are you kind of a, a... See, I didn't go to you for pizza. Mm-hmm. I just went to you for my, your big windows in that big, beautiful room. Sure, sure. And then I said, okay, hopefully the food is good, and it was great. Um, and But you are also... Uh, you do pizza. Yeah, it's uh, maybe a little bit less than a quarter of our menu, but yeah, my background is doing a seasonal... Uh, artisanal pizzas uh, in my restaurant in San Francisco, which is only about 400 square feet and four tables. So it's a real real corner. Uh, How the hell did you make a living there? Uh, actually, you know, Barely. You keep it busy the whole time, you know. Yeah. 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 It's high turnover, you know. But, um, yeah, Paladar is a, it's a term that originated in Cuba, and it's... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, what does it mean? It, it basically means a restaurant opened up out of someone's home because oh, it's a communist oh. government and the, you know, Levels of entrepreneurship aren't what it is huh. other places. But, right. yeah, so people would just open up restaurants out of their houses for people to come and eat at. So um, my business partners uh, are siblings, and their older sister used to run a Paladar out of her house in Oakland, California, called Paladar Temescal. So we were, you know, trying to tie into the family the family uh, history there and open a restaurant where it's like, opened up our doors and allowing people to come in and basically treated like, uh, guests at a dinner party. You know, we have an open kitchen, so we can talk to people while we cook, and just kind of a more casual uh, environment. Um, in that, it's sphere. casual, but it's um, you know, it, I would I would call uh, I, I would call South Park casual, sort of New York style, and I would call yours um, casual a little bit. Um, it's kind of like I, I'm going to expect to see the the some of the. Um, Film, film folks in there. You know what I mean? It's it's a little on the. Yeah. I, I use in my newsletter. I call it a little on the glam side. It's a little bit, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, we fell in love. Uh, my business partner Ed Dunn. He's a Marini native for the last seven years, and he's been down here for about sixteen years. But he knew a guy who knew a guy who knew a guy with the space, and we went and saw it three years ago and fell in love with it. You know, it's just a really cool old building with a lot of history and a lot of... Is that uh, the building? Does the Dora family own that building? Yeah, the, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but uh, So that's the building that's basically... What is that street that you're on? Marini and Decatur. Huh? Uh, Decatur and Marini. Marini. Yeah. So, and, and is that right down the street from NOCA? Um, or is it a block It's over? a block off, but yeah. Block yeah, off, yeah okay. It's right in the same neighborhood. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we... Yeah, it is a little bit glamorous in there, but it really, in our intent, is uh, for it to be a neighborhood restaurant. And mm-hmm. we really love the Marini and the vibe and the people there. So we really w- hope to open up a, a good neighborhood restaurant where people can come eat a couple times a week um, mm-hmm. for brunch or, or dinner. Yeah, neither one of you are on the higher end, on the price end. I mean, there's one of my other uh, restaurants that has opened um, more recently, not more recently than you, but um, Franklin's is a... Pretty cool restaurant, mm-hmm. um, but they're definitely on the higher end of the price scale. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's worth it. It's all about the ambiance. Yeah, that's I another love going in there. heavy ambiance space. restaurant, yeah. right? Um, but yeah, I would say your your prices on both your restaurants uh, it's really uh, inviting yeah. <laughs> for for those of us who uh, work our behinds off in um, the uh, nonprofit world yeah. and don't make a lot of money. But um, so, uh, how would you describe your food? What Give me a little bit more detail on some of your favorite dishes. Uh, What's your your personal favorite dish in there? Right now, it's a, a pumpkin annulotti, which is basically a different way of saying a ravioli. But it's you know you roast a pumpkin and then you know process the uh, the, the pumpkin meat with like Parmesan cheese and nutmeg and things like that, and then you know serve it with saba, which is basically like a cousin of balsamic vinegar. So it's kind of like a a sweet and tangy 
nutty nuttiness. That's probably my favorite thing. But in general, our food is. And and you do have good ravioli. And ravioli is not really one of my favorites, but we had ravioli um, when we were there, and it was exceptional. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, but I think in general, our food is. Um, you know, it's very Mediterranean-based, like a lot of inspiration from France, Italy, uh, um, the Middle East, North Africa. But it's all kind of like spun together with a California seasonal uh, local food um, vibe. So the menu changes quite often, and we try and feature, you know, seasonal produce and local meats and fish as much as we can and just kind of cook maybe a little bit lighter than some of the other restaurants around town, you know. Less less cream and not very many fried things. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I don't know. If Which you, I love cream and fried things. Right. I don't know if you guys know this, but um, some of the origins of New Orleans food are, are really interesting. Of course, it's very complicated because there's Native American, there's mm-hmm. there's Caribbean, there's um, African American, French, Spanish, German, right? But one of the really uh, most characteristic traditional forms uh, of food that influenced restaurants like Galatoire's and what used to be Cobb's and even now Luke's is Alsace-Lorraine food, which is kind of German-French. And it does have a lot of cream-based foods and, of course, heavy sauce foods. I mean, I love it. I, I just love food. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's uh, an interesting um fact that that is kind of a, a bedrock mm-hmm. of the food here. So the, some of the newer restaurants that are coming in really do have a lighter kind of food. But I'm, I'm so curious to hear what you guys like about New Orleans food and how you feel you fit into the landscape and, and, and you know, kind of the juxtaposition of the of the more traditional foods. And we're going to have somebody on from Jack Dempsey's, which is one of the 37 years in the in the Bywater, and it's real traditional New Orleans seafood. I don't know if you've been there. Yes. Uh, you see, mm-hmm. I, I, I suspect that you guys have been to a lot, so I'm, I'm dead curious. I, I know I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, but you're going to have to tell me your favorites, too. So how do you how do you see the relationship between you and the food universe of New Orleans? Well, I think it's the city itself has such a, like a rich food, uh, dining out culture, the hospitality. Like, I mean, you go to some of the the restaurants, like Commanders. You know, it's like such a fun event. You know, it's the, the theater of it all. And I really, you know, there's a real ingrained culture of people. You know, focusing their day about food and focusing focusing about hospitality and service and that whole fellowship that goes along with that. And I, that's something that's always appeals to me about the city, and it's something that I try and fit in with. You know, um, so I mean, that's. That's kind of uh, really inspirational about New Orleans to me. It's just how much of a food um, culture it is. And we just try and, you know, you have a lot of, uh, the way we try and see ourselves in it is more everyday dining, um, much like uh, Sugar Park. Um, But um, you you have a lot of high-end, quite expensive restaurants with phenomenal service and really great food. And then you have a lot of, like, low-end, you know, like corner po'boys. And, you know, there's times for all of this type of food, but... We just felt like there wasn't quite enough uh, mid-range, mid-range or upscale, casual, you know, mm-hmm. places you could go. Where not just folks uh, visiting from out of town with a lot of coin could go and live it up, you know, but like just people that live here day-to-day basis, weekend people, or uh, mm-hmm. not we neighborhood people. Neighborhood and people yeah. For us, uh, people in the industry, you know, who work hard at mm-hmm. restaurants around town, you want to give them a place to go when they're not working. So that's kind of where we hope to fit in the grand scheme of things. But in general, you know, it's just a, a phenomenal food city, and it's got such a great, uh, you know, heritage and culture, and, and it's just fun to be a part of that, you know. And, and, and that's, you would say almost the same thing, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, um, Ms. Murphy's absolutely spot on. Um, I, I don't... You know, it's not a it's not a town where you complain about oh well that's got too much bay leaf in it or something. It's you know <laughs> it's you you want to get some flavor in there, you know. Um, and I think that really is is kind of we're we're like um, we're of the same flock of people that don't complain about you know oh well this is you know this is this is too spicy or it's a, no that's what you're kind of into a little bit. I mean, not you know, not going overboard, but um, you're also not someone who is a tepid saucer of tea with milk and sugar. You know, you actually want flavor. You want something to 
almost challenge your, your palate. Um, and you can, you can go all over the place with it, but you want to have something that, that is absolutely um, celebrates flavor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because it, there's just such a wide variety, and you can contrast flavors, and you can um, – it's just such a huge um, – um, um, spectrum. Spectrum. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. That's the word I was looking yeah. for, you know, to uh, to play around with. And also, I agree with him as well. You, there's also from the the corner uh, po boy stores to the higher end, and and all of those things do. Um, um, they work in harmony. So. Okay, here's where I put you on the spot a little bit. What are some of your favorite restaurants in the city, both old time? And newbie. Um, this is Jack now coming from Palador. Yeah. Uh, Palador Five Eleven. Um, so when like my mom's in town or you know people, I always take him for one meal to Commander's Palace just because uh, mm-hmm. my friend uh, Dan Davis is a sommelier there, and it's always just such an event and a really fun experience, and they just do it up. So I mean, I'd say that's just for like a big night on on town. Commander's Palace is great, but newcomers, there's a lot of them. Um, you know, Thousand Figs, if you guys oh, have yeah. heard of it. It's, it's right near my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like, again, it fits that kind of upscale, casual, you know, everyday eating that I really like. Um, you can see me in uh, Nine Roses in the Quarter getting pho or a banh mi. Um, yeah. It's right there Wait, on Wait, Nine Street. Roses in the Quarter? Yeah, they opened up. I didn't know that. All yeah. this time, everybody's been saying Nine Roses is the place for Vietnamese food. On the West Bank, but I I just don't you know yeah, get in my car much, and go too far. Much smaller, uh, smaller menu, but yeah, you you'll find like me and my business partner uh, slash girlfriend Susan done in there two or three times a week, just running into the quarter getting something that we're not cooking and then coming is, back to yeah, work. I, but, um, I agree with that. Yeah, it's um, very good. <laughs> yeah. I love, very good. It is very good. I love Bacchanal. Again, when yeah. I have people mm-hmm. coming out or Tuesday, which is my night off, you'll often see me over there just like enjoying the music and the ambiance. Yeah. And, and the garden is nothing like It's so sort of, you know, Viennese. Um, it's, it's a magical favorite. Mm-hmm. My, it's one of my favorite places, in, mm-hmm. not just New Orleans, but anywhere. Mm-hmm. How about you? You know, I... Um, this is from Steve at the Sugar Park. Yeah, um, I, I have to agree with him. Um, Nine Roses is fantastic. Uh, Bacchanal also, once again. And they've been able to keep it up after the passing of Chris, um, who used to be former owner until he passed away, unfortunately. Um, I also like, I really like Adolfo's. Hmm. Um, uh, Adolfo's on uh, Frenchman's Street? Yeah, mm, I, yeah I, I haven't really been there like in a while. They're really straightforward. I, I like the way that they um, they pull it off. It's just, it's, it, I like it. I just, it's, it, it's, it's, it's pretty affordable. much Italian food, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. it is. And, it's, and, and when you characterize it as Italian, there's a lot of different kinds of Italian. What, how would you characterize it? Oh, I'm going to say, well, it's, um, Northern? No, no. no. Well, yes, actually. Wow. Okay. Right. Good point. Um, I'm going to say it's it's probably from Rome on up to Liguria, right there. Okay. I mean, it's it's got creamy stuff, but it also they they do they know what a tomato, tomato sauce base. is. Yeah, yeah, they've got both. Mm-hmm. It goes both ways. Huh. Um, it, well, uh, now I know where to go. Now this uh, 1179 is closed. That was my favorite place because that was so New Yorky. I mean, I just felt like oh, I was yeah. back in the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so I loved it. I'm, I'm so sorry that Joe Segreto, who's one of my favorite um, all around New Orleans characters. I don't know if you guys got to know him or his restaurant. He was classic. One. He had managed Louis Prima for many years, and he was part of the whole sort of Las Vegas French Quarter real old-time Italian New Orleans scene, and uh, he just passed away not too long ago, and his restaurant closes. A loss, oh, a big loss for a lot, of, especially the drinking buddies who used to hang out at the bar. Yeah, no, I, it's yeah. amazing the actual, the old-time influence of, when you say, like, the New York Italian, I mean, when, I, when I first came down here 15, 16 years ago, um, I would be in, you know, let's say whatever, Home Depot or something, and I'd hear somebody's accent, and I'm like, well, that sounds that <laughs> yeah. sounds like a you're making fun of a Brooklyn accent now, but I'm overhearing them. I like know. no, that's yeah. that's the That's New Orleans. Somebody was just yeah. talking about that yesterday. There there's so many the Italian migration into New Orleans was around this it actually preceded the heavy immigration into New York. 
because uh, it came in the 1880s. So it's been here. And they moved basically into the French Quarter because the French Quarter at the time had kind of, you know, when uh, new new folks always come into old neighborhoods, right, that are sure, in their sure. decline phase. So they came in in a decline phase. They opened groceries, and they, they went right into the food business. And the French market was really pretty much Italian mm-hmm. in, in its base. And they also they became farmers. We have a lot of truck farming around the city, so... This was a, you know, this was a perfect transitional place for people coming from Italy, from more farming communities, and um, yeah. So this is heavy, heavy Italian population here from way back, and that's why that that plus the Irish, and the German, of course. I mean, all of it. it it's very cosmopolitan. A lot of people when I first came here said, you know, how, how about that transition from New York to New Orleans? I said, I don't know. It's not much of a transition. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of very similar demographic mix and, and a little bit more laid back, maybe. But yeah, um, and that's because we party so hard at night mm-hmm. that you know you gotta <laughs> kind of catch up during the day. Yeah, exactly. It's Where true. else? What other restaurants? Um, let's see. I, you know, I like um, uh, really like Swiss Generis. I have to uh-huh. admit, I really like mm-hmm. their they're really cozy, mm-hmm. um, and the owners are, are absolutely wonderful. Um, I think they're they're fantastic. They've been they were they've been working on that restaurant forever, forever until they opened. So you see them as being sort of a relatively new restaurant. When I know that they were working on it before before Katrina, uh, and then they had a fire, part of it burned down, which is unfortunate. They had to restart, rebuild, and um, they've really. Stone upon stone upon fallen stone, that place, mm, mm. and I really like what's what's come out uh, come out of them. Um, um, also, I like you know what I, I really also like Shake Sugary. Yes, They're, and actually, I really wanted Shake Sugary on the show today, and I just you know Dawn is in there in the in the in the uh, uh, bakery making stuff, and I was just it couldn't quite. You know, secure her. But I, I agree. I, I like their food. Their, yeah. their quiche is one of the best quiches. Oh, it's fantastic. In town. Absolutely. Yeah. It's nice. It's yeah. fluffy. It's, it's got yeah, it's yeah, it's, light it's, and rich. Have you had it yet? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, might, you should try it. It's, it's very yeah, good. They're, yeah. they're, they're, and then all their pastries are, are really They're fantastic. I bring my fruit. You know, we. we um, one of the luxuries of, of living in New Orleans as compared with living in New York for me is having citrus trees in my yard. Mm-hmm. So I have a load of satsumas and lemons, and I don't know what to do with them. So I take them to, <laughs> so I take them to various, you know, to Shake Sugary and sometimes Cake Cafe and. And I said, can you make a pie for me, please, with all this great stuff? Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, that's, that's to me is like, it's like ultimate statement of luxury is to have fresh fruit on your own property. Absolutely. Oh in God. fact, I'm looking forward to in about a month or two picking the oranges I have in my backyard. You know, my oranges look like they're ready to go. I can't quite figure it out, even the ones that are in a sort of shaded part of my garden. It's it's weird. I mean, I, I've got the really huge, but they're not orange yet. I'm waiting for them just to turn oh, that color. Okay, that's so I'm interesting. Like, you must be fertilizing. I'm not good at No, I'm not. Well, no. You, no, you know what I do? Um, if I have a, if I cook out in my backyard, um, I'll one making sure that everything's burned down to just pure ash. I'll throw it on the soil. The ashes from your food, yeah, from your grill. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and also, on the, I've got grapes growing out back. Really? Yes. Oh. Oh, now I'm blown away. Oh man, it's fantastic. <laughs> Except because not that many people grow grapes around here. It's it just it, they take off. I mean, really? Yeah, and I look at them all year. Grapes. A- and then some jerk possum <laughs> showed up and ate them. <laughs> I was looking at it all year. I was like, okay, we got another week, another week, oh, another week, and no. then and then one night I was sitting out back. I was like, wait, what happened to all the grapes? And I see this little jerk possum. I'm like, really, you? And he was looking for he, she, I don't know which. He was hanging around. They were hanging around. Yeah, they were waiting they were, to. And, and it was like, he, he showed up and he's like, well, where are the grapes? Like, you ate them. They're gone, <laughs> you know? So, but um, I'm trying that's, to. That's what happens to me with my figs. I have a glorious fig tree back there. And this year, I say, whoa, they're going to be ready real right, soon. You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And I go back and they are gone. They're, I yeah. said, where did my figs go? And it was the blue jays mm-hmm. and the right. cardinals well, and the sparrows. The birds had all gotten them. Yeah, well, there you go. There's there, there's your ultimate food critic. The, the animals got you. You know that they were good. That's why they're <laughs> gone. You know. I mean. You know, uh, but what, you know what they do though. It's really it's really maddening. They'll peck into a fig, mm-hmm. and they'll eat about a quarter of it, and they'll leave the rest of it hanging. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I'm. 
I don't know. I mean, avian flu or whatever. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to go eat a fig <laughs> after the first pick yeah. You know, listen, um, y'all out there. Um, love to hear your favorites too. So um, feel free to call in two six zero nine two six five. We just want to hear what you're thinking. Um, tell me how the changing Bywater neighborhood has affected you, and and how do you feel about? Um, you know, some of the increase in density and, and, and some, you know, a little bit of a gentrification issue. The steam, the um, uh, new cruise ship terminal that might, uh, that might that is coming in. And, They've been and, saying and, that for a while. But and, yeah. and hopefully maybe that will bring you all some extra business. But um, what, what's, tell me how you feel about, you came here with a certain image of New Orleans as kind of low-key and it's getting a little higher-key. So how... how Tell me how you feel about all that. Well, it's like almost a subject you don't want to bring up because I've gone to like the Faubourg Marigny Improvement Associated meetings, and there's just so many opinions out there um, about it all. Um, a lot of people, when we were starting to open, um, there used to be in our particular location there used to be some really cool uh, artist uh, lofts and you know a bike co-op and an anarchist bookstore so it's like that was all shut down years before we got involved and the, the building was renovated but there's a there's that great legacy of that building of all those uh, cool entities and like green party rallies and stuff like that so it's like when people found out that some uh, horrible people from San Francisco were coming down to open a restaurant, they're like, oh, my God. This here, here we go. Yeah. The neighborhood's going to pot, right. so um, to speak. So it's like that was that was a dialogue. If you look at, like, um, the NOAA.com article when we opened, it's like, oh, I hope a hurricane comes back and, like, takes these people away, you know. Uh, it's just like – did somebody say that at a meeting? No, no. Somebody said that on like the on the comment sections of the newspaper. Oh, but oh. I mean, anyways, people, they say but, terrible things in those newspapers. But people say like <laughs> that we might be gentrifiers. Um, but it's like my business partner Ed Dunn is a 16, 17 year old or 17, um, not old, but a resident, 17 year resident of New Orleans, and he's worked in maybe 10, maybe 12 different restaurants around town, from Commander's Palace to Emeralds to uh, the old Mobar, to Stella and Stanley and Achafalaya. It's like this is not – this is a, a Marigny resident opening a business in the Marigny. You know, right. It's like how is that considered uh, gentrification? You know, you know I mean? there are people who are for change and people who are against change and people who um, accept change but with – nuance and caveats, mm-hmm. and, and I think I'm in that category. Um, let me take a, a caller. Um, I'm not sure who's on which. Is this Diana? This is Keith. Hi, Keith. How are you? Yeah, what you got? The gentleman who's growing the grapes, can I ask you a question? Sure. <laughs> the leaves on the grapevine resemble a slightly like the neighbor tree leaves a little bit? Um, the I'm sorry, say that again. Uh, are they a striped leaf? Uh, oh, no. Actually, they're, I would say they're not really a striped leaf. They almost look like uh, sort of the Canadian flag leaf. Almost. Oh, oh, like a make make a Sister Jean, listen to this. I dropped the green seed in my mother's flower pan, and I knew it was them vines went to running. Oh, yeah, they take off. And before you can get any production, that vine is constantly running. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So it was a looping over a curtain rise in the kitchen and everything. Because it was on the kitchen windowsill. So before I can get any kind of grace, those hands went to running. And my mom said, oh, you're gonna, this is going to be a long time before you see them grace. So I had to give it up. You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I, I know the label. To me, it looked like a maple tree leave a little bit. Yeah. But we know the Mediterranean society, those leaves are used to wrap up fulfilling you know, great leaves. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, taking my call. It, you know what? It wouldn't have taken that long. They really once they once they start to haul a, you're gonna start getting grapes. Okay. okay. Keep at it, Keith. You know, Keep and I know it. they're all over. They're all over my back door. Everything like that. They're, they run all over the place. All right. Um, I think we have uh, Diane Marino on the phone. Let's see, Diane. 
Yes. Hey, welcome Hi, to the conversation. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Okay. Now, listen, Diane, have you turned your radio down? I just want to make sure you got your, you don't I have. I don't even have my radio on. There you go. in Mandeville, I get bad receptions. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I can hear you. Now, Diane, folks, is with one of the older, more traditional restaurants in town, Jack Dempsey's, which has been on Poland Avenue um, with this ownership for 37 years. Now, Diane, I wasn't clear. Was Jack Dempsey's there before and owned by somebody else before you guys, or you opened it? It did. No, we didn't open Jack Dempsey's. It was already there, but it was just a bar, pool, ha- pool tables, and a biker's joint, you know, more like <laughs> a biker's hangout. Uh-huh. And not a restaurant, and that's when we took it over. And it had the name Jack Dempsey, and we met up with Mr. Dempsey, you know, the one from New Orleans. Yeah. And, who was a fighter, uh, had, right? You know, he was a boxer. We all the right to use his name. You know, nobody ever paid the man anything, but we did because we didn't want no feedback from nobody. Right. You know, we just wanted to have a decent family-type restaurant, in which it started. It started slow, like everything else starts slow. And we used to have parties on Friday night. We used to have Oliver Morgan play there, and anybody that remembers that. Sure. We had a lot of the Navy folks there. We had all kind of people. And and you you basically serve a kind of traditional New Orleans um, seafood. Yes, and, ma'am. Yeah. We have the fried seafood. We had the best baked macaroni in town. Oh. <laughs> You're going to have to have duke it out now with uh, South Park's owner. No, 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 no. Hey, hey but you have to go taste his and see what you think. And, and no, they're, they're, maybe uh, we should have a baked macaroni uh, cook-off. You think yeah, I'm going to huh? you, you box Jack, with Jack Dempsey's? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, baby. No, nobody's out here. Like, like I told Gene uh, earlier, nobody's here to hurt anybody. Yep. We got yeah. enough room for uh, all of us. I mean, that's what basically prompted this show is that I, I'm so thrilled with all the restaurants that have opened up below Canal. I used to have to haul, you know, all, all over town to get to the food. And now, um, since I live kind of on almost in a sense on a border, I'm on Esplanade, but I'm below Canal. So to have all these uh, restaurants, um, to discover some of the old ones. I mean, actually, I, uh, I think it was Chuck Perkins who took me to Jack Dempsey's for the first time, although my husband had been going there, and um, to, so to, to, to discover, rediscover older ones and then to have new ones come along um, in, in our area, in bikeable distance, um, is, is just really uh, a treat. Um, so, so tell me, Diane, give me one of your favorite dishes that you serve. Well, we serve a lot of fried, soup, uh, fried seafood, and then we do steak and we do lobster, we have Ooh, snow lobster. crab, Dungeness, when available. And we do a lot of stuff, melatons. Ooh, that's one of my favorites. That now, is yeah. one of our, that's like now, we doing, you know, we're getting set up now for the Meloton Festival coming up within two weeks. We'll see you so, there. Oh, you're going to be there too, huh? Uh-huh. Oh, yes, Jack, indeed. Jack, you have to get we on, there. on this too, the I think Meloton we were there Festival. when it first started. Really? Well, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love stuffed Meloton, and um, I had a, a lady who was a friend of ours who taught me how to make uh, it, but I, I'm curious to hear your recipe for stuffed Meloton. Well, a stuffed Meloton, you do a lot of your vegetable seasoning, like your onions, your green peppers, you the know, Holy Trinity. Pepper, um, green onions, celery. You know, you chop them up real good and you saute them down. After you pro-boil uh, your uh, melatons, then, you you know, you, you clean your skins, and then I add all the filling to your dressing. And when we make it, we do make it with a lot of shrimp and ham. We do use ham in it. She says he ham, I'm sure. Well, of course. So, um, <laughs> the best. <clears throat> it is. It really is. And I tell you what, we sell a truckload. You see, around the holidays coming, we sell the melaton stuffed. We sell them by quarts, by pans, for holiday seasoning. What a great idea to add that to the Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, God, we sell a lot of it. We've been doing that. We do the oyster dressing as well as the melaton dressing. We do fried turkeys. You know, whatever people want, we'll do it. Right. Have you ever had fried turkey, Jack? Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I thought I had one on you there. I think that's a traditional 
In the South, yeah, not not where I come from. Where I come from, it's baked. It's plain old, well, yeah, plain old roasted. And dry. But a lot of them are smoking now. Yeah. So, so um, you're on Poland Avenue. You're right there across from the F. Edward A. Bear Complex. Complex. Yes. And uh, yeah. by the bend in the river, not just, you know, next door really to Bacchanal. So you've got one of the newbies and, and one of the oldies mm-hmm. uh, right next to right. each other. And um, so, so who's your clientele, Diane? How would you We just... have a variety of clientele. We have families. I have people I could meet up with. I don't care how long it's been. They used to come in with their children. Now they come in with their grown children plus grandchildren. Huh. <clears throat> yeah, it multi-generational. Is, family. Yeah, right. And and you raised a big family, I, you told me earlier when we yes. chatted. Um, My husband and I, we raised nine kids, seven wow. boys, two girls. And when we got married, he had six, I had one, and we had two. Oh, <laughs> goodness. Quite a <laughs> tribe. And I, I, are they all working in the restaurant with you? No. I had, there's only three of them that really stuck with the restaurant business. And that's Sammy, my son now, that he has Jack Dempsey's. And my daughter has one in Mississippi. And then my other youngest son, he used to work in it. But um, he's not in it anymore because he just wasn't his bag, you know. you gotta, you got to want to do you the restaurant business. you got to want business. to do it. This is, this is a, you've got to have incredible stamina, guys, huh? Yeah, I, I tell you I, what, I, I tell to... everybody, when you're in a restaurant business, and you could understand when you married to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here, here. Yeah, I work a uh, 16 or 17 hour day every day. 16 or 17 hours oh, a yes, day? Oh, yes, ma'am. I used to stay in that restaurant almost 24 hours. Oh, my goodness. When I, we I, first started it up, yeah. we lived right around the corner. I, I just have no idea how y'all do it, really. I mean, I, I work long hours, too, but nothing like that. So oh, yeah. uh, is it just the love of it, Jack? Uh, um, well, the love of it is a part of it, you know, the actual serving of guests and the cooking of food, but there's so much more that goes on to it from sourcing all the ingredients, and, you know, we deal with highly, highly perishable items, um, you know, produce, seafood, and everything is fresh. So, I mean, just in terms of getting enough product in the restaurant every day, is that that's, that's hours there. Then prepping it is more hours and working service at night, so it's, yeah, it's a, you know, you wouldn't it's do it if you, if you didn't love it and you weren't passionate about it, but it, it's really a. It's really about necessity, a lot of times. So it's it's it's. It, but the day comes in phases. So it's almost like different jobs at different times of the day. From what you're saying, from the securing of the food to the, to the prepping of it and the serving of it, mm-hmm. and then the cleanup. Exactly yeah, all those things. Cleanup. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cleanup. Everybody loves to cook, but you know, at the you end of the day, you gotta clean it up. You gotta yep. make sure you're clean. You know. Uh, I'm always amazed at uh, when you just cook at home. You you spend so much time preparing the food, and then. Um, you you and and then cleaning up the eating part that that that's about half an hour and it's over. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of it is all the yeah. the prep and the, and the time. But um, so Diane, you've been listening. Uh, we have two other guys who've been on the show with me. Um, one has a restaurant called Sugar Park on Saint Claude, and he's specializes in pizza and he's originally from Brooklyn, so um, he comes kind of from uh, my hometown. And then we've got um, Jack. Um, uh, Murphy with Palador, and that's a brand new restaurant right there near uh, Noka High School. So, um, and now I'm going to join in. Uh, shall I press three? Shall I go ahead and press three? Brian Peck, and and Brian, um, you're sort of in between the, the the new newbies and the and the traditional Jack Dempsey's um, with Elizabeth. It's a it's a restaurant that. Um, it's kind of in between. It's both. It has a real uh, New Orleans flavor to it, um, uh, but also w- with uh, some new twists. And give me a little sense of, of your cuisine and, and how you came about developing it. Uh, we just tried to keep, you know, kind of stick to the mission statement that we have in the, on our website, and that's just a restaurant for everybody. Um, so you could come in at night, for example, and have. Uh, crawfish etouffee or something uh, or even scallop black grouper uh, with fried oysters or something like that and also the, the you get a hamburger yeah and uh, I think that's been a, a key for a lot of our our success at, at night uh, with the restaurant and changing of the food um, the daytimes 
the brunch and stuff, we just hit on them, just hit on some really good uh, dishes and um, and some luck. <laughs> what, what's your favorite dish? My favorite dish in Elizabeth. Oh man. I know that's a hard question because it really is. You do have a big range. I really like the ribeye, the campfire steak. It's one of my favorite things. But we have so many, and we and that's something that appears on every menu. You know, we have it at brunch and we also have it at dinner, Uh, and that's just a cold smoked ribeye, large, rare, and then we slice them and uh, and cook it off to order when somebody comes in and orders the dish. Mm Mm-hmm. And how would you describe your um, clientele? I mean, uh, it, it's, you know, we've been talking here about sort of the change in, in the area. And, and I've got to come back to um, Diane uh, Marino at Jack Dempsey's, who's also on the line on this, because there, there's kind of the old population that was in the neighborhood for so long, and now there's so many people from, it's international. I mean, people are from everywhere, from the yeah, West Coast and North. We've gone, I think that our restaurant has probably gone from being, you know, um, 80% locals to, um, I would say, 50-50, or maybe even 60-40 with 60 local, 40 tourists, or 60. And on the weekends, it flips. Saturday and Sunday, a lot of locals don't want to sit and wait an hour to get to my restaurant, and that's kind of where we're at with brunch. I mean, we're putting in, putting 700 people through there on a Sunday. Wow. It, uh, yeah, we, we're seeing more more tourists because people oh, locals okay. don't want to wait it out. Mm-hmm. So, so it, for me personally, in our restaurant, it, it varies constantly as mm-hmm. to who's coming in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and so uh, over the years, you've been open now since. Did you tell me '98 somewhere in there? Yeah, uh, yeah. Heidi started, I think, in '97 at Mix in Mid City, and then got the building there in the Bywater. '98 was probably when uh, the business started really opening up. That was mm-hmm. just a. Uh, so speaking of your speaking of week. speaking of your locals of of the uh, people who live around the area, you've seen a big shift in in that as well, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, including our, you know, including myself. I, I was in the Holy Cross neighborhood prior to Katrina. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're a night ward forced, boy. Was forced to uh, head to the to Terrytown. <laughs> oh yeah. After, after the storm and uh, right you were now, on the you were on the lakeside of Saint Claude or the uh, riverside. Oh, Holy Cross. So, so you were on the riverside. I was on the riverside of yeah. Saint Claude. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Holy Cross there, mm-hmm. Rampart Street. Um, now we're uh, we're actually we're in Abita Springs too, and we're putting together a farm out here. Oh, um, you're going to be supplying be your own food. Yeah, I've got you're going to do that, Jack. <laughs> no. <laughs> we, we have over a thousand chickens on the ground right now, laying eggs. You eggs have what? So. You have a big old chicken farm. I grew up on my uncle's chicken farm in New Jersey in the summers, um, uh, candling. What do you call it when you, you you put the eggs over the light to see if they make sure they're clean? Clean and all that, yeah. Uh, can- candling, yeah. And then packing them up and, and, and taking them off to the market. Um, that's a big business now, Brian. Yeah, I'm lucky. I have Fisher Farms across the street from me, so uh, we're, we we have them helping out tremendously with that part of it. Uh, we have a lot of other guinea fowl and uh I got a guy, Jeremy, right now who's out here building uh, raised beds for uh, vegetables and produce and stuff like that. So we're kind of bending with what's happening in the in the area, too, and that's just uh, bringing in a lot more of our own produce and, and product. Fantastic. Um, a great restaurant right there on, on the uh, Charter Street by the river. It's only one trouble with your restaurant, Brian, and that is that, that darn um, camera there. So, oh. you know... Yeah, Although I guess it, it has it, a... You wouldn't believe how many people have come in and blamed me for the camera that the city put on Charter Street. I know. And, and you know, of course, I, I guess there's a, an advantage in that. It, it's right there, so it slows people down, and maybe they take another look at your restaurant. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I had nothing to do with the location of that camera. I can promise you that and would prefer it I know. There at all, I understand. As hey, I have paid my ticket before. Yeah. Hey, Diane, I wanted to come back to you for just a second because... Um, I, I wanted to ask you how your clientele has changed because, again, you really had uh, some of the old population. How would you describe the people who used to come, say, 20 years ago with the folks who are there now? Well, they still come back. 
The older, the even el- though they've moved away, they all come back. Where'd they move to? Different places, Picayune, Carrier. Some moved in, um, you know, like Mississippi or you know parts of Mississippi and Houston, Texas. I get them all come back, and it's, we do get a lot of tourists. Uh-huh. A lot of tourists. Uh-huh. Wow, the tourists find you way down there on Poland Avenue, huh? That's cool. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. I mean, we get all kind of, we get some, you know, celebrities come in, several celebrities. Huh. Mm -hmm. So they get around town. You know, it's funny. We have a big film industry here, and Mm -hmm. um, they, I guess they're out there all over the place and in your restaurants, but I don't really have that much interaction with them unless when I'm doing the festival, we do a, we do a, kind of a mixer during the festival. But right. Generally speaking, I, I, I couldn't pick them out except for their baseball caps and their, you know, their, uh, <laughs> their sort of uh, typical attire. But um, so, so you really have a mix. But uh, tell me more a little just for a minute because I'm so curious about some of the older folks who used to be there. What, what did they do for a living? What, sometimes I, I, I like to tell people that I think that the Bywater area is kind of like Red Hook in Brooklyn. It's, it's, it's filled with people who used to work in the and on the docks and in the uh, longshore, oh, yeah. is that is that the, true? Is that a like fair characterization? Like Cooper T. Smith people, you know, the wharf people, and then you used to have like a lot of postal workers, post office people, you know. I mean, just in general, government workers. They yeah. have people that have a school down the road, um, more on the other side where the levee breached at. Yeah, they had a. Um, a school there where they taught people how to do different, you know, jobs Trades. like in contracting and stuff, but which they just moved and they were every day. We get the Baptist Seminary people in all the time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mobile, well, mobile at the time, too. You know, I don't know if it's still mobile. <laughs> they changed these names up so much. I was going to say, well, there is a mobile oil, but I don't think, I don't know of any big mobile oil. Is it, you're talking about like a refinery? Yes, the one in Chalmette. Oh, okay. That's now, um, it starts with a V. Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm, Valor. Yeah, Va, uh, Valair or something like that. Valair, yeah, I think right. it is. Yeah. And then we used to have the people from the water company down there. There was mm-hmm. a special water company. Working folks. Plain old mm-hmm. working folks. Oh, that's just everyday hard-working people. You know, that's kind of what's interesting about the new crowd is that they're hardworking, too, because these young folks who've come to town, many of whom are creatives, they don't initially, you know, you don't have automatic jobs in the creative fields. So yeah. you really have to function in an entrepreneurial way. So a lot of them are working in uh, projects. And so they may have two or three different jobs. They may have a service job at night to help support them, and then they have their um, their own project, and then they may work for a nonprofit like me. I have a lot of people who work with me who, who have, you know, multiple jobs. So they're all hardworking, but it's a totally different mix of the kind of jobs. How would you characterize um, uh, Jack and, and uh, Stephen? How would you characterize your clientele in terms of what they do for a living? I, I would say that we have pretty much a mix. We have locals. We have um, 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 People have shown up recently. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of difficult because a lot of times people want to say gentrification this, gentrification that. Before there's gentrification, you have oftentimes, like, I moved um, here 15 years ago from Brooklyn, um, and Jack is from um, San Francisco. These are very expensive places. So I would rather characterize some folks as economic refugees as opposed to gentrifiers because you have point. to live somewhere, you know. You have to go somewhere. Where are you going to go? You know, I'm, I'm going to go from New York to, uh, you know, um, Richmond, Virginia. No, I'm not going to do that. And so it, it, there are some gentrifiers. I agree with that. But there's also a lot of economic refugees, people who needed to just, well, i gotta, I got to live somewhere. And I'd like to live where I would like to live. I got, I got Cassie on the line um, now from um, uh, Cassie, where are you from? I can't remember. I got so many people Satsuma on the phone Cafe. right now. <laughs> Satsuma, Satsuma. Hey, Satsuma. Satsuma is another one of the um, 
sort of semi-newbies, uh, kind of in the Elizabeth category, been around for a while. And um, it, it used to be, for me, it was, it was Satsuma or... Uh, K Cafe, wherever the line was a little shorter <laughs> to get in. Right, But um, right. Satsuma is, uh, par none, one of the best, um, uh, really great um, breakfast places in town with just an, a you know, blackboard full of alternatives, and then, again, you can play with it and, uh, and get what you want. So, Cassie, um, you know, Brian, are you still on the line? Yes, I am. You know, Brian, I'm going to ask you, I, I'm going to have you back on another time, but I'm going to ask you if you can um, click out because we're getting a bad hum from your phone. I'm not sure why, but it's okay. it's, it's really interfering with the audio quality. So um, we're, right. we're going to do this again another time, maybe around Thanksgiving. We'll do something about what everybody's thinking about for Thanksgiving or the holidays. So I'll bring One, you back two, in. But, um, yeah, there's something wrong with uh, our connection with you. Okay. On Poland Avenue, the military base leaving was huge for, for the Bywater. Okay, listen, s- send me, um, send me a, a recipe. We've got some recipes online okay. from the various restaurants. And, and everybody who's on the line, I want you to send me a recipe. Send it to um, jnathan.ci at gmail.com. And if you're listening, listeners, I'll take your recipes too. Now, let me come back to Cassie. So, Cassie, what, what's your favorite? You've, God, you guys have an enormous menu. But what, what's your favorite <laughs> food that you, you serve? My favorite is your – I always come in and I get I look at everything and I want everything but I keep going back to the uh, to a croissant with the avocado and eggs and so forth for, for a yeah, breakfast the green sandwich, sandwich. That's, the green sandwich that's been, you know we change our menu a good deal for you know as small as we are but the green sandwich is one of those staples that has been with us since the beginning um, because it's just so popular and it's, it's so unique um, my favorite thing on the menu is probably the special BLT, which is with the goat cheese and the avocado and the bacon um, and tomato. Um, and then for breakfast, at, even after all these years, I still go to our granola fruit and yogurt. Um, you know, we make our granola in-house, and it is just one of those recipes that is just tried and true. You know, so good every time, a little bit different. We add a little bit of cayenne in it, so you're getting a little kick. It's almost too subtle for you to even realize what's going on. But, um, you know, those two items, even after six and a half years, I still get excited when, you know, I see the food being put in front of me. <laughs> That's great to hear. I love that. But um, let, let me understand. Um, so what, what? how would you describe the origins of your food? Because I think I saw one a quote online uh, calling you sort of hippie in your origins. And, and when I first came there, it definitely had that sort of, you know, it reminded me of some of the old coffee houses in the village in, in, the, in the old days when I was coming up. And it was, um, you know, very bohemian. And, um, and, and when I first walked in, I said, where am I? This is I not, know. You know, we well, have a lot of bohemian people in the city of New Orleans. There's no doubt about it, including, you know, yours truly. But um, I, was, I was surprised. Yeah, yeah. Well, the space, you know, the space and the food were, you know, conceived independently. Um, and the space came to us kind of as is condition. Um, it was a turnkey place. There was a, a coffee shop, cafe there before we opened and had kind of, you know, the space, you can't do too much to it. It's, you know, 1860s. Um, it was actually the original post office in the neighborhood. Um, with the huge gallery. So it, it looks like a very bohemian place. We didn't really do much to it. But because our menu is so um, vegetarian and vegan and gluten-free friendly, we have been kind of dubbed this, you know, oh, hippie place. Um, you know, even though, that, like I said, the menu and the space were conceived independently of each other. You know, they just happened to have this great symbiotic relationship in the space that we're in. You know, they, they work really well against each other in that space. Well, I have to say that when I first came to New Orleans, and I was, of course, crazy in love with the food here in general, the one thing that was shocked me was the salads here. So mm-hmm. when you first came here, it was like little bits of green and a couple little <laughs> green peppers and maybe right. a slice of tomato. It wasn't much. And now one of the things that I think has definitely changed is that all of you, 
both the newer and the older restaurants are all serving um, really terrific green, healthy food. I, I think that what you said, you just put your finger on it. All of what we're talking about, the newer foods and the older foods, they're all incredibly healthy and um, a great way to start your day at Satsuma's, um, a great way to uh, eat through the day at um, uh, Sugar Park on uh, right there on, uh, on um, St. Claude, yeah. Claude and then um, Jack Murphy is here with Palador which is over there by NOCA oh, yeah. and Jack Dempsey's still there on Poland Avenue oh, yeah. and, um, and some of the restaurants everybody's telling me about I'm so sorry Cassie we're out of town uh, time we're going to pull you back in another time uh, also but um, they're Happy wrapping my help. fingers over here so I got <laughs> All um, right, nice I'm talking to you. Going off. Thank you all so much. This was a lot of fun. We have to do this every once in a while. So okay. this is Jean right. Nathan. Thank you, Diane. It's oh. it is we are talking here on Crosstown Conversations on WBOK twelve sixty. It is real talk for real times. Are we still using that expression? I, it goes for my show, that's for sure. And my song, It Ain't My Fault.